Hi and welcome to another episode of the Glam Reaper podcast. I'm your host Jennifer Muldowney aka the Glam Reaper herself. On today's episode I meet another fabulously named woman, the Grave Woman and as quiet in some ways as that name sounds, Joelle is anything but quiet and today we're talking diversity culture within the funeral community and getting women seen on stage let's take it away Welcome to another episode of the Glam Reaper podcast. I am very excited. Um, I love when I get somebody on my podcast that has a kind of a, a nickname like I do. So while I'm known as the Glam Reaper, I have uh, as my guest today, the Grave Woman. So now I have a question. Is it Joelle or Joel or tell me about your name? Tell me you about yourself, but tell me you about your name. Um, it's Joelle. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Joelle, lovely. No problem. Absolutely. So Joelle, you are the grave woman. Yes. Incredible. I want to know where you got your name and what do you do? Tell us about you and your fabulousness. Okay. So I'll start with a story. The name yes. is actually a form of self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, I drew a picture when I was eight years old in this very house that I'm in right now, which is my grandmother's house. Um, she and my grandfather built this house 50 years ago. And we used to have what we call Nani day camp during the summer. You know, you're out of school, you go play, watch TV, sleep all day. Not us. We were in Nani day camp. My grandmother was an educator. So she believed in feeding our minds, even though we weren't in school. So we'd go outside and do art projects. And I love to draw. So I draw. And I drew a picture of myself standing in a cemetery in front of a microphone with these bold red lips. And on the side, it said, I am the grave woman. No way. I have no recollection of drawing this picture, none whatsoever. And it wasn't until I was about to graduate mortuary school in 2012 that my sister found a, like a, a scrapbook that my grandmother had made for my high school graduation. And the second page was this picture of myself saying I'm the grave woman. But the craziest part is, Jennifer, I had started a blog in mortuary school as a way to vent called The Grave Woman. No way. Yes. And you have no recollection of this. I have no recollection. The, the picture is actually on my Instagram. Yeah, it's it's the freakiest thing. And it was dated wow. September 11th, 1994. Right. Prior to going to mortuary school, I worked in a cemetery and I started seeing the date 9-11 or the, the number 9-11. That was my first introduction to numerology. I started seeing 9-11. I started mortuary school in September 2011, which was 9-11. Oh my god! The same number from the photo. That's crazy. And you know what? It's, it's it, I'm not nearly as clear of a fortune telling story like that's amazing mine is um i mean the glam reaver was totally given to me by the media but my i actually i'm convinced i was destined for this my whole entire life because even as a child when i used to practice my handwriting and then calligraphy and stuff i practiced um an epitaph from a headstone and i like i still remember it to this day um it's like a beautiful little poem about um well actually very tragically like i mean i kind of wonder <laughs> uh, if it was about dead children and so, 
<laughs> it's a beautiful piece. Um, obviously, it's very heartbreaking, sad. But yeah, that's what I used to practice. And and then even like and I joke about this so much, but like then even as a teenager, um, as most Irish people do, we went to work. Um, you you work quite young, I guess here. Um, mm-hmm. but like 14, 15 years, um, old. And I went to work in a bar, and the bar was called the Morgue. I know, <laughs> like, not quite the same, but like when I started adding it all up, I was like, wait a second, this yeah. is kind of adding up a little bit. Um, so that's amazing. And so what, um, if it wasn't that, what drew you into this business? Definitely. definitely. So um, I had an uncle that was a mortician and he would come home for holidays and I would go visit him in Florida for like spring breaks and the weekends and things like that. And he'd answer all my questions. I've always been morbidly curious. Like you, you probably get it. Like there's this energy that's in the death care arena that just draws me. Yeah. My culture is very centered on death and ancestors and the connection that we have to the afterlife. But my uncle was really, really, really instrumental because he not only answered my questions, but he also took me into the funeral home, took me into the embalming room, took me into the arrangement conferences with him and let me basically shadow and learn from him. And my first acquaintance with death was through my great grandmother. Um, I would I remember being a very little child and asking everyone around her or us, us at the funeral why is she laying in this bed box? Who put her in there? Who did her makeup? Why are we watching her sleep? If she's asleep, why is she going to, why are we putting her in the ground? Why are we covering her with dirt? So I've always had that curiosity. And then tragically a friend, my first best friend died accidentally. And it's just always been fascinating to me. And so that curiosity and that fascination turned into research, which turned into shadowing my uncle that turned into hey I want to go to the funeral home where I grew up Beaufort South Carolina where I live now um, my family spent a lot of time in the church right and a big part of the mission service that my mother and my grandmothers and aunts did was taking care of people when they were passing away basically doulaship but there wasn't they didn't call it that and taking care of their families. So, I mean, it's just been all around me my entire life. My dad used to take us to the graveyard to spend time, like have picnics with our ancestors that it passed on. So it's like, I don't know if it's a draw or if it's just a level of existence. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely, you, you've, you hit the nail on the head or the nail in the coffin. Um, <laughs> as they say that in death care, it is, there is kind of something just innate in us. And what, what I don't want to say irritates me, but what does irritate me a little bit is this idea that we're all goths or that we're all sort of, you know, wear black all the time. And we're this kind of, um, you know, and, yeah, sure. That absolutely there are some of us that are 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 morbid, curious in that way and that's, you know, we wear it and that's our per, our our identity and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But there's also as you, you know, I I met you at the NFDA and there's also those of us in pink suits and red lips and you know, <laughs> and bright colors and 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 we're just different. Um, and it's one of the things I get and I I absolutely know from meeting you that you get it is that people kind of look at you and go but you're 
you're not sad and morbid all the time. You don't whisper <laughs> what's what's going on here. Um, and so, yeah, it is. It's it, There's definitely, there is that draw within all of us, but we are all so different. And I kind of, I want to shed more light. Like I've infamously on my Instagram, um, a picture of um, Lurch from the Adams family, I think it is, and me in a red dress, roaring, laughing, you know, laugh. yes. and it's just the difference, you know, because that's the Lurch in the Adams family. And oh God, there's, there's a new series now, I think I call Wednesday or whatever, but the Adams family are back and cool. But like, that's what people historically sort of think of when they think of anybody from the funeral community. Now, what is it that you do? Um, what does the grave woman um, you know, do, um, you do and, you know, your business, what is it that you provide to people? Definitely. So I am a licensed mortician, funeral director, and bomber, all of those things. But my practice now is more so on education. I create continuing education courses for funeral directors. I create what I call grief alchemy sessions and courses and workshops for the public. And my mission is really to have open and honest conversation about death and grief. And I refer to myself as a sacred grief practitioner. So it's twofold. I educate the death care community about inclusion, diversity, the spiritual aspect of the work that we do, and about cultural competence. But on the other side, for the families, for the general public, for those that are experiencing loss or just curious about life and death and how to navigate grief in between, I help alchemize loss and grief and turn it into purpose. Okay. And, and you've, I, you know, on your website, you've so many courses and resources, uh, eBooks and things like that, that people should definitely check it out. The grave uh, yes. I think, right. Yes. Um, I always have to double check. Um, my memory's terrible. Um, and yeah, there's lots of really great resources on there. Um, but talk to me a little bit more, obviously, um, as a female anyway, it's, uh, fascinating, um, was fascinating coming into this industry I call it funeral community whatever um how do you feel like diversity wise um like what's your experience I'm obviously from Ireland so I'm fresh if ish to it in the United States but what are your thoughts and what teachings do you have to kind of bring to educate people on on the funeral community and diversity within it because it is typically antiquated white male it's definitely antiquated white male. I mean, it is what it is. In mortuary school here, we don't learn anything but how to care for white people that celebrate uh-huh. life and funeralize and memorialize their loved ones in a very Eurocentric way. So for me, as a Black woman coming into this industry, I didn't really have a lot of people to look up to online that look like me, right? Yeah. And so... Believe it or not, Caitlin was actually the one that encouraged me to make my YouTube channel, turn my blog into a YouTube channel. And I did that and I realized that there were more people like me. And what I also realized going to mortuary school is that they don't talk about us. They don't talk about our culture. And when I say us, I don't want to place BIPOC individuals into one box because we're so individual. We're so nuanced. There's so many caveats to who we are as people, right? But there's no care, no educational care for our hair, our makeup, our culture at the end of life. And that's what I bring to the table. I don't know everything, but because of the experience I've had working in the industry for almost 15 years, and because of my experience as a black woman, I feel like I have the right to speak on those things and shed light 
on the lack of diversity in the industry. Also as a woman, it's, let's just take being a black woman out of it. Being a woman in this industry was a total culture shock for me. Because remember, I used to go to the funeral home with my uncle who was a protector, who loved me, who cared about me, experiencing things like sexism, um, sexual advances, unwanted sexual advances from men, or just being told that I couldn't perform this job because I was a woman was, it pissed me off, (laughs) frankly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I know that fire. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, it's wild to me and it's wild on so many levels. Uh, You know, I can only speak from like, we all can only speak from our own experiences and our own cultural um, but it's fascinating to me because originally, originally, women were the caretakers of the dead, yeah. you know, and that's so fascinating. But it's like money came into it and suddenly we were sh- shimmied back to the, the kitchen stove and, right. and go back to business. Um, and now, from what I'm hearing, we're taking it back. I, I believe 70% of mortuary school students are women winning. Yeah. Um, but even like to your to your point, um, like it's mind boggling that at, in 2022 that in mortuary school like medical school like it's still a part of medicine as far as i'm concerned it's just the yes. final part um that that care and that cultural exactly as you said hair alone um i have you know I, it's makeup like most funeral homes that I have visited um you know i know that they only have the the white <laughs> ridiculously pale pasty makeup and i mean oh it's just it should never have been the case to be honest it should never have have been that this is all that we have because you know the world is so and and it always fascinates me uh, in america because it's so it's so made up of immigrants that Mm -hmm. yet it's it it has honed into this sort of white male very um so it, it you know I am learning um of I've never gone through mortuary school because I'm not a funeral director I'm not a licensed funeral director nor do I want to be right. and even though I've had people say oh you, you know you should do it to try and understand or and I'm like no that's that's thank you but no that's not my forte and that's not mm-hmm. where I see my skills or whatever um so I've never been through it. Um, I've obviously read all the books and done all that, but I've never had to sit down and do somebody's makeup and do somebody's hair. And exactly that. I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me. So um, I'm delighted that you're standing up and that so many others are standing up. Um, because even, uh, you know, and we kind of touched on it, but like even sexuality um, in, in the workplace, homosexuality, I mean, of all types but you know i'm just going to speak on that because i have experience with friends in that um you know we've got cultural differences and we've got sexual preferences and stuff and um it's just i need to nearly start saying it, it's such an antiquated white male white straight male in, um business because that's really what it is and everyone else is sort of made to feel like you're on the periphery and you don't get to vote you don't get a say um so i think absolutely um they you know the community needs more voices like you. Now on that, do you find you 
in sort of the national um, conventions where we met and, you know, the very, those various different conventions and the annual conventions, do you get a stage? Um, do you find you're, 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 they're open to that or are they still pushing back on things? You know, what's interesting, this was actually the first year that I attended any conventions. Um, I've been licensed since 2018 in the funeral industry since 2010, but this was my first year attending convention and I actually attended a um, workshop, I guess, an open mic session that was hosted by the American Board of Funeral Service Education and the conference exam, which is the exam we have to take here in the States in order to be recognized as a licensee, right? We have to take and pass. And I brought up the fact that their curriculum is basically failing students and failing families because it's non-inclusive of culture, race, diversity of any kind. Even um, Melissa, the modern mortician, spoke up about there not being any green education in mortuary schools. And we were literally shrugged off by both the American Board of Funeral Service Education and the conference exam. We were shrugged off, literally, shrugged off so um do i receive recognition or stage there no um however professionals students the online community that's who cares about this message and that's who this message is impacting and to me that's really all i care about yeah to be honest because the students want more yeah yeah, that, that's great. Um, so suddenly, um, like it's, as in it's great that you're getting their support anyway, but it saddens me that like these national associations aren't kind of giving the stage to people. I don't want to be like, because I actually hate these words that are coming out of my mouth, but like that people that look like you. Um, no, like I, I hate even saying that, like I kind of want to vomit, but like it's just like to me, like I don't want to... I try and kind of be dip, you know, keep diplomacy whenever I'm talking to guests, but I do get a bit annoyed and I've spoken to several um, attendees at the conventions and stuff where I'm like, it just needs to be a bit more diverse. Like there needs to be younger people up there, younger people with more energy. Like I've gone to so many workshops where I'm half fallen asleep because, you know, not to, again, using, and I really do, I, I'm allergic to kind of any of these um, boxing types but like the Karens like you know up on stage and I'm just like oh my god Snoresville like what there's nothing new with what you're saying I'm going asleep or the guy who's like profusely sweating and you know just should not be up there at all um really frustrating um when there's new people and you know um like yeah I don't want to name kind of names to to drag them into this conversation because it's not their you know they're not saying literally been sitting beside people where I know who have fellow podcasts and I'm just we're all like what there's nothing new in what you're saying here this is not revolutionary there's nothing changing so um that kind of angers me I have to say um a great if not be it short episode of the glam reaper podcast we ran into a few technical difficulties but we are definitely hoping to get the grave woman on again and maybe even in person uh we would love to see her on stage i definitely think diversity is a huge issue within the funeral community um 
as it is worldwide, as we know, and we are here for it. We are here to support and do what we can. Uh, we would love to hear any thoughts and comments you have in the box below or just generally contact us or Joelle on social media. We'll leave all the links below. We'll talk to you next time.